Amen. Thanks, Tim. Well, did everyone have a good Thanksgiving? Who, who had ham instead of turkey? You had both? Did anyone have brisket? Whoa. Whoa. Anybody have anything weird or anything random? Two turkeys. That's not really that random. Okay, so when the question was asked of you, what do you want for Christmas, what was said? Who said an iPhone? No, raise your hand. Anybody? One person said iPhone? Who said iPad? Oh, my gosh. Who said computer? <laughs> Who wants a Wii? What, what is like the popular thing? What do kids want right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. What is it? An iTouch? Oh, it's so like an iPod. Tom's? Oh, my gosh. There you go. Man, okay. Well, well, Christmas is upon it. Well, this morning, we're talking about this idea of what we want for Christmas, about all that we want for Christmas and all that we want to see and happen in the next 25 days. Christmas is one of my favorite times. I don't know about you, but I love this season. I love when winter starts coming and the cool weather, even though we live in Dallas, but it's not that cold, but at least it's cooler, starts showing up. We see lights on houses. There's candy canes. There's gingerbread houses. The food changes. Everything is a little bit different. Even the smells and the peppermint and Starbucks changes those coffee cups and just everything is a little bit different. And I love this season. In fact, when I was a kid, my birthday was around Christmas. Anybody have that problem? Or Yeah. It's, it really is more of a problem than it is a blessing. But my birthday was around there, so every year I would get so excited because those were like the 10 days where you got the gifts, you got everything was around that season. So Christmas was huge. Loved it. And, and I remember on one Christmas in particular, I was 11 years old, and, and this is going to come back into play. So 11 years old, think about the mind and the personality and person of an 11-year-old. And I was 11, and at Christmas... We would uh, always, before we went downstairs on Christmas morning, we would line up the stairs. Anybody do this? And let parents like make you stay at the top. So my mom is making us stay. I'm 11. I'm there with my brothers. We can't wait to bust through that gate and get in. And on the mantle, we have our Santa gift, or our Santa gifts. Santa leaves his gifts. And they're not wrapped. And so we uh, bust in and we see those gifts. And, and we do Santa gifts different from Mom and dad gifts, even though mom gave both of them. But, uh, so we would go in and we'd run into this room. And on this Christmas, I'm 11. All I want is a bike. I really, it was this trek, and I rode my bike to school, and I had this weird huffy, and so I got made fun of all the time, or at least I thought it was so nerdy. I should have been made fun of. And so I wanted this, this bike I had picked out. And we're lined at the top of the stairs, and she gives us the green light. We bolt into the room. And we go down the stairs, and there's Christmas lights. She's drinking coffee. There's decorations and music on. We see everything in front. And all of a sudden, in that moment, what happens is you, like, size up exactly what the gifts are in front of you, right? And so, like, you see your brothers, then your sisters, and then there's me, and then my little brothers. And so you kind of, like, I would almost, like, make sure that they were all fair and equal, but nevertheless, this jealous little kid. So I, I saw and, and looked, and my brothers got this this unbelievable bike and then my sister's got this like blown out dollhouse and then my little brother's got this guitar and and i'm just like looking at what is in my section and i i'm kind of like caught off guard because i'd never seen anything quite like it before on christmas morning so i i go up and and this was what was in my section an office chair and i'm not this is not a made-up story a tape dispenser 
a stapler and no lie, this is actually the exact same scissor and pin holder. And when, yeah, I know. And so I'm like running in and I see the bike and I see the stuff and I'm like, huh, what, what, what is, who's is this? Where's my stuff at? This has been a mistake. <laughs> and you're 11, so you really don't know how to like compute this stuff, right? So you're, so there's not like, oh man, I've got more than other people in the world. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst Christmas ever. Oh, stapling things and just, uh, my brother's riding his bike around and, and I'm just sitting there moping, thinking this has got to be like a joke. And, and I, t- true story, called my mom last week because I still remember, why would you give a kid office supplies? I didn't even have a desk. What was I doing with this stuff? Really? Like, what was I going to do with a stapler? Who uses a stapler? I don't even use a stapler right now. And I was 11. I, I could ride the chair down a hill. But my point in telling that story, here we go, stay with me, is because that Christmas came, and maybe you've had a Christmas like that, where it comes and you've got all this excitement and all this uh, want and you hope that it's going to be met there, and then it kind of comes, and you get done, and, and you've seen your chair or whatever you got that you didn't really want, and then you kind of open up the gifts and you kind of get to the last gift, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's gone. I've got to wait another 365 days. And all I have is a chair and a stapler. This is the worst Christmas ever. But really, uh, almost every Christmas that I've experienced is, is similar to that. Because we always get, there's this moment in, in the afternoon of December 25th where you get done with all the presents and you've taken all your gifts up to your room and you've kind of played with them. And then it's like 3 o'clock and you're like, huh, it's done. Man, that wasn't all that I hoped it would be. I've got to wait for it to come again. And not only that, so it's this desire for something more to come and something more to happen on that day. And you see this, and I see this, really in almost every uh, aspect of my life, even outside of Christmas. This desire for like something more, it's like, man, those things are great. And even when I got great gifts, it's still like there's something missing almost. You open that last gift and you're like, isn't there something else in there? Anything else? There's something missing. And there's something missing almost every time that you look in, in all places of our world and even our own lives. When I, so I got this phone like two years ago. When I got this, anybody have an iPhone in here? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like 13 with iPhone. That's amazing. So I, I got this phone, and when I got this phone, it was like too much power for one man to have. I was like blown away because I could check email. You could do all kinds of things. You can, you can play music and hold it up to the song and it will tell you what the song is. You can, you can get on Twitter. You can get on your face. You can get on the internet. It's, un, it's like a little computer. It's unbelievable. And when I got this phone, it was like, this is, all I wanted to do was like sit there and, you know, oh, I got to put some in my calendar. Here we go. And, and play on the phone. But what's, what happened within a few months is it's just a phone, right? Like, it's still cool. I still think it's a great phone, but it just kind of wears off. Like, nothing sticks. Nothing is ever like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. Like, today, it's so great. It's same with, like, music. I listen to songs this week, and I am one of those people that, like, listens to it over and over again. I'll, like, kill. People around me are miserable because I'll kill the song. But even I will get to a point where I'm like, eh, I'm kind of tired of that. I'm kind of bored. It's no longer like what I hoped or what it once was. It's, there's got to be something more. 
something more. And you can look outside of me, and, and maybe you've experienced some of that, and you can look into our world where people feel this desire for something more. In every single arena of professional anything, whether it's politics or whether it's sports or whether it's the academic field or whatever it is, people will rise to the top and they will say things like there's got to be something more or they'll reach out and in their great success because nothing satisfied like they hoped it would, they reach out and they do things they come to be very not proud of. Even if they're the best golfer of all time. And because that desire for something more is so strong in all of us. Tom Brady gave such a clear example. Some of you guys have probably seen this clip off 60 Minutes where he interviewed Tom Brady. He's like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He plays for New England. He had won three Super Bowls. He was just on top of the world. On top of the world. And, and what he says in this interview is so telling of everything we see. And they're about to play it. And it's going to show you exactly that hunger that's in all of us, whether or not we even realize it. And that's what we're talking about. Here we go. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. He's turned down multi-million dollar endorsement deals because he didn't think they were right for him. And many of the ones he's taken, he's shared with his teammates. Uh, you guys have to go everywhere with me. <laughs> But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew got to be something more and not only do you see it in athletes there's as i research this idea there's a word in the german language german you know country germany you know what i'm saying the word in the german language that means intensely missing it's a word that's called sin sucht sin sucht i don't even know if i'm pronouncing but nobody speaks german so it doesn't matter sin sucht say sin sucht that was that was pathetic here we go sin sucht oh we're probably not saying that right. But sin suit is a word. And as I looked at this word, and it captures this idea, it, it means in its definition, intensely missing. That there's a yearning and longing for something that is not there. It's a word that, that they say is almost impossible to even translate. And it's a word in the German language that has no adequate... In fact, I brought even the definition because I didn't want to miss it because it's so telling of what exists not only in me and you and everyone that's ever lived. Here, listen to this. Sin suit. Is a German noun translated longing or yearning? It's in, in a wider sense, means intensely there's something missing inside of man. It's a term for which there's no satisfactory term in another language. It is a deep longing or yearning. However, these words don't adequately or don't good enough tell what it really means. It's sometimes, this is huge, listen to this, and all people, this is a German word that means this. It is sometimes felt nothing to do with God, nothing to do with religion. Man sometimes feel as though inside of him there is a longing for a far-off country, but not one of an earthly sort, it is, or, or which we could identify. Furthermore, there's something in our experience that tells us that this far-off country is very familiar, indicative in a sense 
of what we would otherwise call home, there's something inside of every person that feels this intense missing, no matter where you go and no matter how much you achieve. And when the Bible says that idea and why that's there, because that same word is in Portuguese. There's another word that means the same thing. Everywhere you go has nothing to do with what you believe in regards to God. But everywhere you go, people will acknowledge this burning inside of man that there's something missing. There's something missing. And what the Bible says that is there for and why that is there is because when sin entered into the world, there happened something inside of man's heart and man's soul that divided everything. And the greatest desire that you have and the greatest desire that I have, even when it's clothed in a desire for a girlfriend or for safety or for security or for a million, for pleasure, a million other things that we think that's really what I want is only found in God. Your greatest desire, here we go, right here. This is huge. You get nothing else in this talk. This is it. Your greatest desire from the day that you were born until you lie on your bed and pass away has always been a desire for God. There's a scene in the Bible where Isaiah, who's like this prophet in the Old Testament, Isaiah is talking on behalf of a people who'd kind of like gone astray. They'd rebelled against God and they'd walked away and they were not living out the the faith. They weren't living as God had commanded and called them to. And despite that, he says something that is so crazy that he would say it about a bunch of people who don't even know the God they're supposed to be in relationship with. And he says this, he says, on behalf of the people, Here's what he says, Isaiah 26, 8. Oh, Lord, we wait for you. Your name and even the memory is the word in in the original language. Even the memory of you is the desire of our souls. There's something inside of you and inside of me that remembers our Creator even when we don't see it and we long for it. And this is so huge, and I can't tell you how greatly this principle has helped and influenced my life, and because it will do one of two things. If you get this, it will do something, and if you do not get and understand and acknowledge this, it will do something. And so this is huge. There's only two points this morning. We're about to be done. If you get this, that the greatest desire you have is a desire for God, is huge in what the outcome will be if you do not. Because if you do not, you will be led into, here's the word, despair. Because your whole life, and despair is just a word that like, you can't find the answer to this, in, this, this longing and thirst inside of you that you can't find the answer to. And you'll go from guy or from girl to girl or from guy to guy or from person or place or you'll want to go that vacation. You will not understand that your deepest desire, no matter what could ever happen in this life or not happen, is only met in God, here we go, right here, only met at one place. And you will drink from well after well trying to quench that thirst that God says only I can quench it. There's an author that, that put it this way. His name was C.S. Lewis. And he said, look, the things that we put this trust or we try to find desire met in, which we thought was located, will only betray us. So if you try to find it anywhere else other than God, they'll only betray us. Because it was not in them. Even when we remember something that was so great, he says, look, listen right here. It was not in them. It only came through them. There were good images of what we really desire. But if they're mistaken for the thing we really desire itself, rather than just a scent of it, they will break the hearts of their worshipers. 
They're not the thing itself. They're only a scent of a flower we have not found. The way that he describes it and the way the Bible talks about that desire in you is that there is this hunger inside of you. And hunger inside of me, and God has given us all kinds of gifts and good things in this world. And in the same way that you walk into a room that's like smelled up with popcorn, you can just smell it, you breathe it in, you're like, oh my God, I can taste the butter in my mouth. In that same way, the Bible speaks about this desire and it says, look, when you experience those things, you're experiencing the smell. And that smell is not meant to make you want the smell, it's meant to point you to God. And that you would experience everything and every aspect and every good thing as a signpost meant to point you to your heavenly Father who is the author and the creator of all those things and the only one who can satisfy. This is why Jesus, I really believe it, and John 7 would say this, hey, look, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Because only he could satisfy. And he's quoting there, and this is crazy. We're almost done. Here we go. He's quoting this book in the Old Testament, Isaiah. And here's what, here's what he's quoting from Isaiah. And it's in that 55th chapter. And it just says, look, come, everyone who thirsts and feels that hunger. Come, Tom Brady. Come, David Marvin. Come, everyone who feels that desire. Come, all you who don't even have money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. And then this next verse is so huge. Here it is. Why do you spend your money? Why do you spend your life? Why do you spend your energy trying to get things that will not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good that your soul will delight in the richest affair. And Jesus quotes this and says, look, why would you spend and why would I spend any of my time and self on things that will never satisfy, things that will never quench that thirst. And so if you do not get this, and I don't get this, that my greatest desire is not found in uh, anything other than God. I desire pleasure. You're like, man, I just want pleasure. Pleasures are at His right hand forevermore. You desire safety, security, companionship, intimacy, love. Well, He is love. And so all of those things meant to point you. And if you get this, I promise you, the second thing, this is the only other point, is you will begin to experience a delight in the world around you like you've never known. You will be able to delight and you'll feel the sun as it hits your skin and you'll feel the water as it pours down in rain and a million other things that we just take for granted every day like cool weather. But because they're there all the time, we just ignore them. It's just that's life. And he says, look, if you open your eyes and see those things, and you see me, and you know that one day those things that are good things will just point you to something even greater than all that you desire. That's why I really believe he says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Because when you delight in him, that is the desire of your heart and of mine, all you want for Christmas and all that I want, even when I don't see it, is my Heavenly Father, is my Creator. And so we have the opportunity to right now begin walking down that road and living and drinking from that well as the only one that satisfies. And so that's the application. The question that, that each one of us has to ask, and I had to ask myself this weekend, was what am I 
seeking after? What am I trying to find or where am I trying to find uh, things that are good things and I'm trying to find them in that thing and it's just going to break my heart or I'm going to demand from that thing or that person something it can't provide but only God can. It's like being in the wilderness and you're covered in snow and it's freezing and you are demanding from wood that it keep you warm. And you get angry at it and you hit it and you're just so frustrated at the wood. You're frustrated, you're frustrated at everything. And the wood can't keep you warm. Only the fire coming through it can. And so where am I finding or where am I trying to demand something only God can provide? Only God can provide. I'm going to pray and then we're going to head out of here. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the chance to come and to celebrate and to be thankful and to be reminded of the truth that tells us that only you can satisfy us. That there is a thirst and a hunger and no matter where we go and no matter what we do, it will war within us because we're apart from you. So use it to draw us to you. May this Christmas we find all that we want in you. We love you and we thank you for who you are in your son Jesus who died on our behalf that we may be restored to all that we desire. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.